Hello, everybody, and welcome back to D&D 404. I am your DM, Tony, and join with me today are the other three fine-eating establishments in my mall food court. Fellas, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, starting with the free samples. Come get your free samples, Jared. What's going on, guys? Armo's checking in. My place in the mall that's a, you know, it's a staple of every mall, would be Auntie Anne's Pretzels. Fuck! Ah! <laughs> I knew it! You gotta get them! That was yours, Alec? That's what you didn't think? That was gonna be mine! Bro, it's an <laughs> you didn't think anyone would say that? It's an absolute rule, bro. If if your mall does not have an Auntie Anne's, it's not a mall. I agree. I agree. 100%. We were talking before this podcast started, and Jared was like, I'm gonna go for the steal. I think I know what Dan's gonna say. <laughs> Apparently we were all gonna say it. No one's gonna pick this, bro. No one's gonna pick it. Yeah. Like, Tony's like, no one's gonna pick there's mine. There's seven of them in every mall in America. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, everybody. I am Dan. I play Minis Pebble Walker, your tiny little swarm keeper ranger, and I am the Dippin' Dots. Of yeah, this that was my that was my runner-up. Is it really? Yes, yes. Dude. That was gonna be my one. Wait, I love Dippin' Dots. Dippin' Dots. Oh yeah. Oh, dude, it's ice cream. The shape. No, of no, no. I know what it is, oh. but your mall has a place just for Dippin' Dots. No, it's Never just like a little cart. Just a little cart. You just Ooh, go some up. some have the some actually have a little storefronts. Uh, yeah, I'm Depends gonna go ahead and uh, just not. Counting cotton. Sorry. Mm, no, that's that's my that was my number one before I was. What what flavor, Dan? What flavor? Mm. There's two, so choose wisely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, There's don't more. be wrong. There's more. There's only two. two good ones. Excuse me. Oh. Uh, little cookies and cream. <laughs> that's the one of the two. The other one's yeah, rainbow. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> you what? No, no the other me. one is the other one is chocolate. Straight chocolate up, chocolate is the best one. Yeah, chocolate, chocolate rip insane rainbow. The rainbow. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not even a flavor. It's just a color scheme. All right, my name is Alec. I play Drill of the Ashbourne, and my other favorite place to eat at my mall is Charlie's Steakery. Yeah, get, dude. Go get yourself oh. a nice Charlie's uh, cheesesteaks that we got. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Charlie so Brown, yes. right? It's the full name Charlie right Brown. Like five minutes uh, away. Maybe less. Maybe. Dude, maybe. Charlie Brown's. I love that place. They used to have them here uh, and they got rid of them all. It's so sad. I, that was like my go to place. Oh, love that place. What about you, Tony? Mine is going to be Nathan's. I love me a good Nathan's. All right. Mm, interesting. Wait, what is what is that? I don't know what that is. Nathan's hot dogs. Hot dogs. Oh no. They're the ones that sponsor the hot dog eating competition. Mm. Yeah. We also don't have it on the West Coast, which is why I think it's a mm. regional pick. All right, fair. It's definitely a regional pick. Yeah, because I think the first one is open up in Long Island. No, Coney Island, I think. Coney Island. Uh, they have the hot dog eating. Don't competition. call me on that. I'm pretty sure it's Coney Island was the first name. It is. It's where they have the hot dog eating competition because of that. But yo, you get crinkle cut fries from there and they give you a little red pitchfork. It's great. It's my favorite. I used to collect them. I was a fat kid growing up. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and roll for the recap. <laughs> you know the deal. Before we do, before we roll for the recap, we're going to do the rundown. And today's rundown is brought to you by Alec. All right, so for today's rundown, I want to go ahead and plug the Twitter. Social media is super important, and it, you know, supporting us Twitter? benefits us in, you know, ways you guys have no idea. So if you can, go on Twitter and follow us, and it's 
Twitter or I know Tony's going to correct me and say X, but it's twitter.com oh, forward X. slash D&D pod 404. Oh, I was like, what's Twitter, dude? Twitter is the XX. <laughs> okay. He did it. All right. Now you know the deal. We're going to go ahead and roll for the recap where I roll a giant roll, <laughs> where I roll a giant rubber <laughs> D4 where I am number one. Two is Daniel. No, no, two is two is Alec, three is Daniel, and four in is the Jared. channel. <laughs> it's funny because I have it right the, in front of my face too. I just want to. <laughs> I just want to point this out. So we just did a Discord cleanup of our like we have a like private dis- Discord that we keep all our notes and stuff in, and he Tony just found out that it has everyone on there. So he could have been looking at it every week, but hilarious. Okay, I don't know why I'm being attacked right now. Okay, I'm being attacked. Oh, you You're being exposed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. All right, we're gonna go ahead and roll for the recap. I got the camera. Oh, right. Okay, I got the camera on. Oh shit! Went down the stairs. I lost it. I don't know where it went. One millennia later. It physically makes no sense where it could be. It's just every door in my hallway is closed. Share my screen. We're gonna roll it on Google. I'm gonna send you guys a video after this. It physically makes no sense where it could possibly go. Whatever pops up first, I click roll D4. You watching? Yes. Mm. I know. That's how we got to do it. Rolling a D4 on Google. Let's go. Hey, wait. There's a one. No, no. That's... I'm kidding. Fuck. <laughs> 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 it's me. Good old three. <laughs> if I rolled it again, it would have been a... Okay. <laughs> the dice have spoken. The dice have spoken. The dice hates me right now. But if we rolled it again, it would have been a uh, Alec. <laughs> you know what? I like that dice actually. All right, I'll do this like a noir film. <laughs> Enter a dame. Our heroes were walking around the Kambuki Isles, see, when they happened upon a sleeping broad. But this wasn't no normal broad. This was a giant broad. The bloodshard bandits thought, what harm could there be in waking her up? So Chrome Dome over there with the lightning tats gave her a push. And let me tell you, there have been better days than waking that giant. Cause you see, Alma was a bit of a yuck. Like a buzz guzz bug buckling after a bender. She talked like a whistling Dixie and nearly had minutes snapping his cap. But she said she was part of the LBGT. And she was looking for her leafy haired companion from the LBST. The Lord Baron Guard and Scout Troop for long. Now Alma got chummy with Menace, and they got on their way. Gem dinos roamed the jungle of the ruby, emerald, and sapphire variety. They didn't give our friends here too much trouble, but soon they ran into a long-necked dino with bloodshard gems getting its fix on a T-Rex. Armus and Reginald were looking at that thing like a khaki-wacky drooling over a dreamboat dime. They all agreed to attack, and just as things got buzzing, they found Alma's orange elf friend. Stick around, cause the story's heating up. Take it away, bard. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the world of Humbrea, featuring three first-time adventurers and one very patient DM. This is D&D 404. Fellas, boyos, welcome to session 87. We are going to pick up today's session in the midst of combat as the three of you, with your new compatriot, Anma, a fellow stone giant, are now facing down a blood shard long neck. 
As the three of you charge in, Menace riding on Anima's back, Drell slides underneath the massive blood shard Altasaur into a, a thick brush where he met Reese, an Autumn Aladrin, part of the LBST, who was hiding from the massive blood shard dinosaur. We are going to pick up today's session at the top of the round on initiative 18, which is Armos. The last action this dinosaur took was charging at you in which it stomped you and did a massive amount of damage to you. This thing is gargantuan in size. I'm going to do, if I do like a perception check possibly to see if there's possibly a weak spot on this guy. Yeah, go ahead and use your bonus action or your movement action to try to make a perception check. And it's rolling a 21. With a 21, as you stand at the base of this Altasaur, from what you can see, the blood ore is all along the top side of its back. And it's like jutting out like massive spikes. The bottom part, the underbelly of the dinosaur is all made of very, it looks like very tough, scaly flesh. From the underbelly, you don't notice any visible weak spots. As a matter of fact, you think the opposite. It might be kind of hard to cut through this thing if you're not strong enough. Seeing that there's no impervious spot on its underbelly and knowing that most of my spells are kind of direct damage, I go to cast Mental Prism. Uh, you attempt to bind a creature with an illusionary cell that only it perceives. One creature you can see within range must make an intelligent saving throw. The target succeeds automatically if immune to being charmed. On a successful save, the target takes 5d10 psychic damage and the spell ends. On a fail, the target takes 5d10 psychic damage and you make the area immediately around the target's space appear dangerous in some way. DC 18. DC 18, let's see if it passes. It passes with a natural 20. Wow. As you, as you cast this spell, so you notice something when you go to cast this spell. You know the spell lands and it's definitely taking this psionic damage. However, as it negates the negative effects of that spell, as it passes its saving throw, you notice that the blood or vein shines okay. in reaction to your spell. So it's just gonna take the full damage. 5d10, so it took 36 damage. Ooh, that's a good amount of damage. What else are you doing? Um, since I'm right next to the the mofo, I'm sure this thing has opportunity attacks, but since he's so large, what is the actual range I can move towards Drell or like, you know what I mean, away from it before I get an opportunity attack? Is that if you move away from any creature, they can take an attack of opportunity on you. So I don't want to move away. I just want to move around. Yeah, we'll say that's fine. You could definitely move around it while not leaving its uh, leaving its space. Sure. So since the thing charged forward, I just want to get to its side. Okay, yeah, go ahead and make a move. I step to the side so that I can get a good look at the blood shards on its back. And that is my turn. Oh, it looks so bright and red. Full of souls, almost. After getting a, a good, uh, good glimpse of it, I get like, you know, my eyes dilate and just get real big. Reginald's <laughs> eyes are also dilating with you simultaneously. And it's like, oh, every, all the souls of everything it's ever eaten just floating around in there almost. Be a shame if, uh, you know. Oh, you should, we should hit that. 
<laughs> we should hit that. Uh, as we move to initiative 14, which is the Blood Shard Dinosaur, and it is going to make three attacks. It's going to make two stomp attacks, so Anma and Armos, you are both in range, as it's going to make two attacks. So it's a 33 to hit Anma and a 16 to hit Armos, and those attacks are going to do... Armos, you're going to take 41 points of bludgeoning damage. Ooh, wish I wouldn't have picked Pierce. As, it, <laughs> as this thing rears its leg and then kicks you, you're also going to make me a strength saving throw with DC 22. <laughs> it, okay. Well, let's hope I get a 20. I got a 20! Oh, you wow. are not knock prone. You get donkey kicked by this giant dinosaur <laughs> oh. and you manage to hold your ground. That's great. By the way, I have a eight uh, or like minus one strength. So that's the only way I could have succeeded. Anma took the same amount of damage and she is bleeding from the mouth. She is, she looks fine. She looks healthy, but that was significant damage for her. And then with the third attack, it's going to swipe its tail as a cleave, trying to hit anything behind it, which is going to be Reese and Drell. That's a 32 to hit Drell. Misses. Oh, well, if it did hit, it's going to deal 41 points of damage. <laughs> and you are pushed back 20 feet. And as you're talking to Reese, he introduces himself as Reese. And he goes to shake your hand. And he goes, pleasure to meet you, mate. Let me go ahead and uh, take this guy down, huh? And then at that moment, when you go to shake his hand, boom, the tail comes across and swipes both of you. You both get knocked back 20 feet. Ow. <laughs> And then Minus and Armos, you see from the other side of the dinosaur, just Drell and this Autumn Elijah going, ah, as they get knocked back 20 feet. Uh, all right, Alma, uh, keep, keep attacking this thing, okay? We got this. And I'm gonna shoot my, I'm gonna shoot a third level guiding bolt at this thing, just to try and get some damage on it and see if the, the, the damage, the light does anything. Off. That is a 21 to hit. That will hit. And it's going to take 25 points of radiant damage. Ooh. I'll use a favored foe to mark it and do an extra four points of damage as well. As the SIDS rise up and favored that foe for you. Do my SIDS, I don't think my SIDS do anything on a spell attack. I'm gonna have to refer to you on that one. I, I don't know. I thought you said they do like 50 damage or something. Oh, yeah, 50 extra damage on my... <laughs> They're just all jacked with hella knives. Yeah. And this one heard Sid pointing. He's like, so, meh, 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 that's the one. <laughs> pointing at the dice. Okay, yeah, so you favored foe, and you want Anma to oh, attack it? It just says, with an attack. So, three points of Sid damage. Wow. Is it resistant to Sid damage? Or It is not resistant to Sid damage. <laughs> As I'm... uh. Shouting at Anma, Anma, you got this, I believe in you. Anma, Anma swing! And you see that she takes her giant steel uh, club on your initiative as well, attacking with you, and it kneecaps the thing, and is going to hit. Wow, it got a 21 to hit as it kneecaps the giant dinosaur dealing. Oh, man. Wow. It kneecaps the dinosaur dealing 19 bludgeoning damage as it smacks its giant steel club against one of its massive knees 
and you see that she's going in a blind rage. She's going to go ahead and swing again, getting a 19 hit, dealing another 14 points of damage as she's just wailing on the knee. And then you see that the dinosaur is reacting to those attacks. It's like trying to move its foot very slowly out of the way. Uh, Minus, is that, is that the end of your initiative? Yeah, sure is. We're going to move to initiative 10, which is one of these emerald velociraptors that almost blew away in the last session and is going to just use its turn to run back into the patch of grass as it dives back in and hides itself amongst the brush. And we're going to move to initiative four, which is Drell. Nice. Ugh. When is what's Reese's initiative again? How we're doing NPCs this fight. They go on one of your initiatives. Okay. So like either you, Armos, or Minus could tell an NPC what to do. You could tell them to attack, heal, support, run away, etc. And I will role play their move out. Okay. And they'll go on your initiative. Cool. So I just got knocked back with Reese, and I think as I'm pulling out my giant slayer greatsword, I look over at Reese. What kind of instrument does do they have? You see that he has an array of instruments. He has his lute at the ready, but you see that he has a hand drum. He has a uh, a flute at his side. He has like, and like three other type of lutes, like ready to go. It looks like he's a master of all instruments. He even has a little triangle ready to go. <laughs> so I'm gonna look at Reese and say, hey, are you any good with that lute? Oh, just wait for my solo. And he goes, well, then play me a sick beat. And I'm just going to sprint towards the long neck with my giant slayer in hand. I'm going to take two attacks. So do you want him to give you bardic inspiration? Yeah. So, yeah, let's just see if he can give me bardic. Um, that's really what I was going for when I was asking him to do that. He takes out his loot and he does a little sick little loot solo and he goes Goliath and you feel yourself inspired as you are now have bardic inspiration, which is uh, the die you're going to be using is... 1d10. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I sh hopefully shouldn't need anything more than that. Uh, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and take my first attack. Uh, that is a... Oh, I would also like the bonus action going to a rage. Yeah. So I'm getting my hype myself hyped up by the, the music that Reese is playing. Um, that's going to be an 18 to hit on my first attack. That hits. Sweet. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take a secondary attack. And that is a 28 to hit. That will also hit. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to tell you how much damage I'm going to roll here in about 10 minutes. Give me a second. Now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goliath! Reese didn't say anything about hair metal, but that's what he's going to be now. Okay, uh, so that is going to be uh, 45 damage uh, with my two attacks. Damn! I would also like to spend a superiority die on that in which uh i would like to use one of my new maneuvers uh so i'm gonna be doing a distracting strike so it says when you hit with a weapon attack you can expend one superiority die to add to the total damage and then also the next attack roll against the target by an attacker other than you has advantage if the attack is made before the start of your next turn. And that's also seven additional damage. Um, and that is going to be my turn. Awesome. As Reese uses his loot to inspire you, you go ahead and you land these devastating blows and you notice that you wounds him. The blood that drips out of its body is this color. We're going to move to the top of the round. Initiative 18. Armos. 
So I'm going to misty step straight back from where I am from the monster. So if the monster's... I'm kind of on the side of the monster, so misty stepping back, which will be a bonus action. Okay. 30 feet. You misty step back 30 feet towards the large body of water, and you notice that the base of your feet are now submerged as you are, you find yourself in this muddy terrain. You're on the edge of this pond. Yes. So... Drell's thing that he did, do I get that if I cast spells, or is that just for regular attacks? That's, it's any attack. Yeah, it's you to get advantage. Oh, fucking hell, fucking yes. Oh my god. On every single Eldritch Blast. <laughs> I've been waiting for this opponent. Okay, I see that Drell's distracting strike uh, hits the monster and leaves him open for a chance for me to, to cast a really big spell. I misty step 30 feet away, I turn, and with a very pointed finger. I look at the, his back and cast Finger of Death. What? On the back of this monster. Okay. What does Finger of Death do? What is that? <laughs> I am interested and a little worried. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little worried. You send uh, negative energy coursing through a creature that you can see within range, causing its searing pay. The target must make a constitution saving throw. It takes 7d8 plus 30 necrotic damage on a fail or half on a successful. Holy a humanoid Jesus. target killed by the spell uh, will turn into a zombie, basically, under my control, but... <laughs> <laughs> Permanently. Okay. <laughs> So this, you wouldn't roll with advantage here because it's a saving throw. Uh, so attacks made, yeah. So when you roll for an attack. Fine. Okay, that's uh, scary. Let's go ahead and make a constitution saving throw. So he just got his 20 out of the way. He had, he, you notice that when you use finger of death and you aim it at his back, the blood or vein shines again as it reacts to your spell. Funny enough, it did roll a one, <laughs> but you notice that as it shines, the blood or vein is acting as a protectant, mm -hmm. and it rolled with advantage, and it got a nat 20. What? Oh God. It got uh. both. <laughs> All right. All right. And so it's going to take half damage. 78 plus 30? How do you have finger of death? Seventh level. At level 13? Yep. No, there's no, wait. Do you have finger of death at level 13? So it's a seventh level spell. So warlocks get a sixth, one sixth level spell and one seventh level spell once oh you hit this. So. <laughs> Damn. So it would have done 62 damage, but oh, it shit. now takes half of that. So 31? You see as the blood or vein shines, it almost protects it from the finger of death. You see that it rears and roars in pain. Its eyes shine high up into the sky as its skin on its fleshy underbelly begins to split and crack open as blood spews out from underneath it. Minus, Anma, and Drell are covered in this tealish blood. However, it is still alive, but it looks badly wounded. You see that the finger of death has caused a large gash from the middle of its neck down all the way down to its underbelly and it's pouring out this thick heelish blood. And Reginald goes, that was pretty metal. I'm about to lie. Oh, I'm almost. That's cool. That's a good one. And he fist bumps you. And then we'll move to initiative 14, which is this very bloody blood or 
dinosaur, as you see, it rears its head up into the sky, similar to when you first encountered it, you see the clouds begin to change as it points its head straight back up as the blood or vein begins to shine bright as you see it begin to glow and it is going to roar and a red beam shoots out of its long neck. You can see it highlight from the wound that you just caused and it shoots a beam up into the sky, effectively changing the cloud color to bright red. I'm gonna need everybody to make me a dexterity saving throw of a DC 17. No. Ugh. Fuck. I got five. Armos, I need you to make it a disadvantage because you are still exhausted. <laughs> uh, I reroll that ones. <laughs> oh my God. I got two fives. So you can pick which one you want. <laughs> Minus rerolls oh. on ones. I rolled terribly. I got a 15. You can use my indomitable. No, just <laughs> could use that bardic. <laughs> Everybody except Drell who passed is going to take 59 points of force damage as these giant red balls of energy within a 500 foot radius begin to fall from the sky as its red beam connects to the clouds. And you see these massive red energy balls and exploding, leaving craters onto the floor catatonic force that's gonna be its turn as you see the duration of its turn as these red giant these giant balls of red energy fall and crash into the ground you see it's the blood shards on its back are pulsating with energy and it's spending its entire turn just raining down these massive uh energy attacks um real quick so I got downs, but uh, my gift of the protectors uh, got me back up to one hit point. Oh shit, so almost you go down as this giant red ball crashes onto you and you fade to black and you find yourself in the midst of Beyloon. You see yourself falling into the blood ocean as you are knocked down. And then this silhouette of a massive demon scoops you up in the middle of the air with seven beautiful evil wings. And he goes, I got you, buddy. And psh, pops you back up to one hit point. We're going to move to initiative 13. Minus. All right. We got to keep working at this on. Let's get at it. And I'm going to shoot at it with Melora's sling with advantage because of Drell's distraction. And that's going to be a 28, 28 to hit on the first one. And a 29 to hit on the second one. That's going to do 20 points of damage from Laura's Sling, plus seven points of damage from my Hunter's Mark and the Sids. You shoot the Sling and its knees buckle. As you see, it's like now limping on the floor. It's trying to hold itself up, but it's practically laying down at this point. Its whole body is limp. However, its neck is still is still erect up at the sky, shooting this massive laser, <laughs> shooting this massive laser in a trance-like state. And it's the only thing that seems to have uh, <laughs> it's the only thing that seems to have like any source of functionality. <laughs> There's no other words for me to use in this scenario. <laughs> I'm just picturing the laser collection face on this fucking dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> but you you see like it's neat it's massive dinosaur legs are buckling and it's trying to hold itself up it's like slowly laying down onto its side <laughs> blood shard dinosaur blah <laughs> on my 
I've got it down. Finish this. And you see Ama is just like bashing its club into its underbelly where the giant gash is. And you see all this blood coming out. And she's like wailing on it. Sure hits. It's damaging the wound. You notice that there isn't any bone to hit, but there you do see some rock inside as if she's hitting the blood shard that's like inside of its body. And we're going to move to initiative four. Drell. Um, so the thing is still alive. It's still shooting a giant laser out of its mouth into the sky and it's looking up. It looks like it's in a trance almost. Uh, so is there any way that I can specifically try to like cut its head off so it stops doing that? It's still slightly standing. It's like collapsing. It's trying to maintain its composure. The base of its neck is like 40 feet away from you. And the top of its head is almost like 150 feet into the sky. So I, I'm just getting the sense that it's like getting ready to charge another thing that they it just did to us. It's still firing it. Oh, okay. I guess I'm going to... Can I just make a perception check to see if there's anything that... Like a cave or something I can take cover at? Sure. Because I, I just don't even really know how to stop it. Um. Okay, so that's going to be a... I'm going to use my bardic on this. <laughs> nice. Uh, 21. 21. You do not see any caves from your immediate position. You're in a pretty wide open valley with some high bushes. As you, you see yourself being attacked from above, you notice that this thing has a giant wound in it, and you could probably hide inside of its body like a tauntaun. Nice. Um, but this thing is like buckling, and it's trying to hold itself up. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I am going to... Look at Reese and be like, I guess we got to go in this thing. And then I'm going to like do some hand signals to Menace and Armos to like indicate that's what we're going to do. And I'm going to make my way to the, the wound of the animal. We got to go in the thing? Yeah. And you see he's shocked. His face drops as like the loot hits a sour note real quick. Yeah, I mean, unless you want to stay out here and get fucked up again. I mean, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks up as like. Noted. And then he like looks like he's going to try to move uh, once you're done here. Cool. So you can use a movement to get inside of it. Okay, cool. And then I'm going to pop my head out of the uh, <laughs> the wound of the animal and be like, don't worry, Armos, you got this. And I'm going to rally Armos. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> you climb inside as the like dinosaur buckles at the right time. You like grunt. Grab its flesh flap. All oh, the words I'm using today. You grab its flesh flap and you climb on in. Bro, please use like wound. Like, <laughs> don't use flesh flap, please, for the sake of God. <laughs> that is so. And then that is uh, going to be five or four more HP to Armos. Five? Five HP? Four. F four. You have five total now. <laughs> hey, it's better than nothing, bro. Sure. Nice. <laughs> okay. You see. You see Reese takes your lead as you see he starts to play some intense running music uh, to try to give himself a speed boost. And then he's going to, as he's like running, he's dashing and then poof, poof, and he appears next to you inside the dinosaurs. It looks like he teleported. Can't wait to hear this dashing music in the... And, <laughs> and you guys are covered in this teal blue blood and he's like trying to move out of the way. He's like stepping in. He's like, ugh. Oh, oh, my. Oh, I've been a lot of places. I've been a lot of places, but this. Oh, bleh, bleh, and you see, he's almost. He's like dry heaving. Scoot over. It's fine. Just plug your nose. You can't even tell. <laughs> it's, my it's, nice. it's, my, it's just it's a in nice my, warm it's my, cave. It's, my, it's fine. It's fine. And we're going to move to initiative 18. Almost. Oh, God. 
How far away is his back from me? He's Would buckling. It's his body is thirty feet. From you. Thirty feet. The monster itself is thirty feet from you. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, I got two things I can do. I'm either gonna attack it, or I'm just gonna go for the go for the gold here. Just seeing that I got downed and that I feel like uh, Armos isn't gonna have much uh, <laughs> much else here uh, shortly. He starts running to the monster until he's in range of his back to misty step onto his back, swinging his tome onto the blood shard on his back. See what happens. There's a lot going on <laughs> here. Last ditch effort. I'm gonna let you do it, but I'm gonna need you to roll to hit, and you're gonna use a an improvised weapon attack if you will. Oh god! Because you're running. 30 feet, misty stepping, trying to land on this thing's back that's wildly moving. However, I'm not gonna ask you to do a dexterity saving throw or anything. I'm gonna ask you to try to hit the massive blood. Okay. Uh, okay. Blood or vein with your tome. Okay. I got some tricks. I got some tricks. Unarmed strike, so I get plus four to that. What a roll. I got a 22. <laughs> you run, dash. You see Reginald holding on to your sh- his uh, holding on to your shoulder as the bottom part of his body flaps in the wind and goes, do it almost, do it almost, do it almost. As his eyes ignite, your devil's sight is going off. And then a giant red flash blinds you as your tome connects. Boom, a flashing red light blinds the three of you as the tome connects to the blood ore. A crackle of raw energy echoes throughout the valley. Suddenly, the sound of an ocean with thick blood waves crashing against a stoic stone pillar in the middle of it all. A blue stream of energy trails over your head almost. Behind you is the well with your tome floating at the top of it. The blue energy from the tome streams high in the blood in the blood red sky towards a bluish tealish moon, empowering all the energy of blood shards. The sound of thick stone echoes as the bridge before you extends further and further towards the black silhouette castle in the distance. And then finally it stops. It's not fully there, but you feel like it's almost look around you and you see Reginald in this giant demon silhouette form with seven wings looking at you. He is so massive that the lower part of his body is in the blood ocean where he's looking at you at eye level and then you appear back on a material plane. To menace and Drell, it felt like all of this happened within an instant. Upon waking up, there is a large dead carcass of a long neck dinosaur collapsed laying on the ground, motionless. It looks hollow, as there is now a gaping wound in the back of the dinosaur where the blood ore was completely removed from. Almost you are still knocked out as you're starting to come through. As the as your sight comes to, you see Reese and Amo rubbing their eyes. There is a very happy Reginald in perfect loaf form on top of Armos's tummy, almost singing to himself as he feels rejuvenated as the blood ore vein has been absorbed into Armos's tome. We are officially out of combat and the blood ore dinosaur is officially dead as its body collapsed, the laser breaks and is now lying motionless on the floor. Mm-hmm. Woo! 
Drell, Reese, you get out the other side as now there's a massive hole in its spine and you are able to walk out easy. <laughs> Almost, you are no longer exhausted. Hey. As you come to and Reginald is singing to himself as he's in perfect bunny loaf form. You don't see his legs or anything. It's just like a black bowl of fuzz with his head bouncing up and down. Ugh. This was a messy fight as I flicked teal blood <laughs> off myself. Yeah, real messy. And I started shaking my hand, my hands with all the goop that's still on us. Why'd you go inside the dinosaur drill? I don't know. It was Reese's idea. He was just like, oh, let's go in there. I just was like, why are we going to do that? It was whose idea? It doesn't make any sense. You see he teleports and like all the blood that was on him. He teleports so fast. The blood that was dripping on him remains motionless and then falls to the ground <laughs> as he like teleports out of it to clean himself off. Oh, I can learn how to do that. Oh, Sid. Me. All right, Anma, let me down. Let's take a look at this dino. And Reginald's singing, and Alma, you see that she wipes some blood off her forehead and then gingerly lets you down. She goes, ooh, tough fight. Fun fight. <laughs> and then she looks over to Reese and goes, Reese, and then runs over and picks him up and, like, squeeze and bear hugs Reese, and Reese is like, ah, ah. I miss you too. I miss you too, Alma. Oh, and you hear like a couple of bones crack. Oh, now she remembers his name. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Knock some sense into him. <laughs> ah, Reese. Yeah. Nice to meet you. So you're part of the RGBT club, the LMFAO. What's, what are you part of? <laughs> he goes, right, I'm a, I'm a, let me down. Let me down. And then she lets go and he falls about three feet. And then like, you see that he teleports in place to like not bust his ass. And you see that like, this is how he moves. It's teleporting to him is almost natural. And as he looks over to you Minus, and then looks around and at the dead, at the dead dinosaur, the three of you notice that there are emerald raptors in the area coming up from various bushes. And they're like, they're looking at the group of you and they're like running towards the two large dead dinosaurs the t-rex that the blood shard dinosaur was eating and the now dead blood or vein dinosaur and it looks like they're just they start eating the remains there's about eight emerald raptors there and they seem to ignore you and are just now enjoying their newfound dinner it seems all right as long as they're leaving us alone they can eat as much as they please can i go up and try to pet one <laughs> Give me an animal handling check. Okay, oh, fuck yeah, I got this. Wait, uh, Reese, can you play another song for me real quick? Why would I play you a song? <laughs> Let's go, dude. That's a dirty 20. <laughs> oh my god, hold on. Hold on. I gotta roll. I gotta roll for this thing. Well, I don't know if this is a good idea. Minus, it's fine. I'm an animal person, okay? I, I know. I mean, don't you remember what happened it's with that? It's kind of a thing. I mean, it's you know kind what? of it's a fine. thing, Armos. Yeah. It's cool. Minus, you guys gotta just trust me. You extend your hand out, and you see that's all has this teal blood all over its maw as it's going to town. It's eating. It's having the time of its life, and it looks at you and it like sniffs your hand, and you <laughs> curl your fingers up to make a nice knuckle so it smells you to get its scent. And you go, <laughs> and it rears its teeth and then sniffs you again and nuzzles your closed fist. Nice. See, Minus, I told you I could do this. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> I give him a very shaky thumbs up. 
Wasn't worried at all. I know it's already eating, but I pull out some rations and I hand it to it. It ignores it and goes right to the raw meat in front of it. Pick up some raw meat and tell it to sit. Oh, yeah. Okay. I uh, cut off a piece of like super bloody juicy meat and I walk yeah, over to it. Yeah, the fatty part right there. You mean animal handling check? Okay, do this reese are you playing the song or what dude I'm, I'm tuning i'm tuning and you see that he's like messing with the loot and he's like looking at anma luck point luck point oh. luck point 17 hey. you see you it catch you catch its attention you cut off a piece of meat and you're waving it in front of its face and like you're going to give it and teasing it snatching it away and then you see it spins and it's like waiting you have its attention I throw it up in the air to tr so they try to catch it like Air Bud. You see that another two come by and they try to jump up and catch it, but the one you're playing with catches it first and like swallows it whole. Nice. Who's on it, swallows it, and now it's looking at you. Is it big enough for me to try to ride? <laughs> uh, It's about the size of Armos. Fuck. And now it's like pointing at the dead body. It's like trying to get you to cut another piece off. All right. I'll sit there and I'll sit there and keep feeding it while everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you are now like cutting pieces of meat off for this emerald raptor and you are throwing it up to the air and you are now making friends with it. It seems to be friendly towards you as Reese and Ama are now reunited and they dust themselves off and you see that Reese is looking at Ama. Ama's down on one knee and, and Reese is examining her wounds and her head bumps, noticing the various bald spots and the damaged armor. You see Reese is like consoling Anma, being very friendly to her, but he looks a little worried. You've been roughed up a little too much out here. I think we should get you home. No, no, I can, I can keep going. Mission. Mission. Alright, uh, you see how he plays like a song and he's trying to mend, magically mend her wounds. Oh, that's, uh, that's lovely there, Reese. So, yeah, about this mission, by the way, what, what exactly were you sent here for? Right, um, yes, uh, it seems like you already know my name. My name is Reese. I'm part of the LBST, the Lord Baron Scout Troop. We were tasked with the mission to find a capable blacksmith for the City College Guild to craft some weapons. We need somebody very talented. And so we have been stationed here in the Kambuki Isles, going from town to town, following various leads and hopefully trying to find someone who can satisfy, satisfy the guild's needs. Yes, of course. Yes, we're on a similar quest from Lord Baron. So seems our interests align. Interesting. Um, Anma and I have been out here for better part of a half a year now. Wow. Oh. And as you can see, we've been in a couple of squabbles and some of us have been hit more than others. And then you see Anma. Anma's like sitting down crisscross applesauce and she's like playing with like a little butterfly that happens to be like going past her view. It's very innocent. But you can see that she suffered some serious head trauma while she was here. Yeah, I, I, I love your friend. She's lovely. But I think definitely going to need her to go back and get some proper attention. Yeah, um, a matter of fact, that's what we were doing. We were following a lead from a nearby town, and oh, we're man. hoping that we can get two birds with mm. one stone. Um, we were heading back to the Aramore ports when we got separated a few nights ago, thanks to this guy. It seems that this large dinosaur here was awoken a few days ago from one of the large earthquakes. We thought that it had caused it, but we determined that it wasn't, uh, it, he wasn't the source of it, uh, but rather an outcome uh, of it. 
So ever since that earthquake happened, I've been trying to get back to Omni here since we had fallen off the cliff. And then this thing has been kind of just been in my way uh, ever since between dodging it and its massive size. The other dinosaurs you've seen running around here and he points to the emerald raptors and the dead T-Rex that it was eating. It seems like I wasn't able to catch a break until now. Well, it's a good thing you ran into us or rather we ran into you. <laughs> <laughs> Very fortunate. So I think maybe we can uh, maybe band together here. Sounds like you got a good lead. But this lead happened to be towards the Kambuki fighting pits, towards Tamordain, towards... We've been here for six months and we have yet to find the fighting pits. It was something we've been looking for. However, no one seems to be willing to give up that information willingly. It doesn't seem like a very savory part of the Isles. Oh, uh, I see. Yes. Well, we're heading to San Lo right now. Maybe you should join us. Oh, um, I was there recently uh, in the last month or so we did go there we did have a lead there they weren't very helpful outside of basic trading uh it's a i don't know if you know much i mean it seems like you might it's a minotaur city they tend not to trust outsiders too much ah. and he looks at drell and he looks at armos well they are one of my kind so i think if you give me the info i can get you in and I wink at him. Reese has like a, you see like a visible sweat drop and uh, he goes, well, I don't think they'd take too kindly to you either. Huh? Why? Well, you're not from there. What? It's more of like an in in inclusivity thing, you know? Um, yeah, but like I'm a, I'm still Minotaur and we we're just, you know, different tribes from different areas, all from the same uh, tribes. Yes. Yeah, so let's stick with, let's stick with tribes. Um, uh-huh. You um don't really quite fit the description of the average Minotaur there, then they might look at you a little weird. What what do you mean? Well, you know, they're kinda favored to their own kind of Minotaurs of at least <clears throat> Squints. those that are um more height capable. Hi. Hmm. What do you mean? Minus Minus can Minus can Get super high, Minus do the thing with Sid, and then- Oh yeah, watch this, Sid, bonus action, boom. Mm. I start floating. <laughs> and you start to float up, uh, and he goes- oh, I just got a brain blast. Sid, what if we get a trench coat and put you all under <laughs> while you're floating? <laughs> That's actually amazing, I love that idea. <laughs> um, That could work. Um, Hey, listen, I mean, you can go there, they're not gonna kick you out. However, they're, they are, uh, reserved when it comes to those who are not from Sandlow. Um, they may treat certain outsiders maybe a little more favorably. Uh, uh, maybe if you had some other minotaurs with you, perhaps, uh, from your clan um, that might fit in. However, other tribes tend to not sit well with them either. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really just, they're really just about themselves. All right, well, tell me about this lead and I'll see what I can do anyways. Oh, yes. Um, you're from, you said Lord Baron sent you, right? Oh, that's correct. He's doing an insight check on you. Armos, papers. You see that, like, he stares you down. Armos is still on the ground. <laughs> yeah, just... you're just coming through. <laughs> Reginald's like, mm. Stop <laughs> making grass angels <laughs> and come over here. Reginald's just saying, he's like, Everyone's blush our day, blush our day. Getting assholes on blush our day. <laughs> souls, souls. <laughs> uh, too much. I have a headache. This is too much. <laughs> no, Armos, you feel great. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Don't worry, we got a letter from Lord Baron. Uh, <clears throat> Armos, 
What? He's, he's checking me out. I need your letter. Uh, uh, here. Ah, <laughs> uh, give me a sec. I, I trot over. I like scamper over to Armos and I pick up the letter. Thank you. Odd and Reese look at each other and then look back. Here it is. He takes the letter. Drill animal handling check. Oh, fuck. You guys, what are you guys doing? That's a 12. It got a three. You see that this particular emerald velociraptor is now full and you are cuddling with it. Their name is Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby the Emerald Velociraptor. Oh, that makes no sense. Uh, have fun. Well, it was either that or Sapphire, and I thought it was said like a stripper if that was her name, so I changed it. Uh. <laughs> this Emerald Velociraptor named Ruby is quite smitten with you. And Reese takes the papers and he goes, Oh, 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 oh. This is great news. Um, Okay, yeah, I can absolutely share information. Perhaps we can further exchange if you happen to find something. I have a few leads here. Our initial lead was kind of a dud. We spend a good amount of time on it. He hands you back the paperwork and he has a journal for himself and he begins to go through it with various notes. And he goes, we were originally looking for a drow elf named Sendrin Nglanove. Yes. Uh, we were looking for a drow of name Sendrin. Now, we knew this might have been a far-fetched lead, but it's possible that there could have been a passageway to the Underdark here uh, where we could have found Sendrin. We haven't had any luck finding the Underdark. We do know that Sendrin uh, may come up as other blacksmiths need supplies. However, around our third month, we discovered uh, a rumor of a young dwarven apprentice, and we didn't pay too much attention to this rumor at the time. However, the more blacksmith uh, tradesmen that we've encountered in our travels, they have mentioned this sim same dwarven apprentice, this young dwarven child. And how it caught our attention is that he seems very rudimentary in his, in his knowledge. However, he had a very peculiar item that all of these tradesmen uh, were mentioning. And we thought it was a little too coincidental that all of these trainmen would describe such a tool. It was like a golden blacksmith's hammer. And then the, the ornate gems on the side of it seemed to be those matching of what a fairy tale. We think people exacerbated these rumors a little bit, but we kept hearing the same description over and over again, and we started to hide out at various uh, trade posts to see if this dwarven child would come out. However, we've learned in, this, in the last two months of tracking him He's never in the same trading post twice. The materials he's picking up seem common, common enough for a blacksmith, yet maybe beyond his skill level. Like he's picking up obsidian and hard to work with metals way out of a, an apprentice skill level, at least. Wow. And where do you expect to find this person? Well, that's the thing. The towns we've been to, San Lo, Taimodane, uh, the, the various ports around the island, some wandering trade posts. There are, surprisingly enough, uh, Anma's been quite at home here when she remembers. There's a lot of stone giants and they're a bit of craftsmen themselves. Uh, he points to one of the symbols on Anma's vestment and there is a sigil for uh, Scoreus Stonebones. She, that's the god she worships, which is the god of craftsmanship, as you may know. And the Kambuki Isles is full of these stone, wandering stone giants that craft, and, and that's how they pray to their god. They craft two Scoreas and they build stuff. They build things. 
And the few giants that we had the pleasure of speaking with have also met this dwarven child. The peculiar part that we cannot figure out is that we think that he's on his tail, yet he is miles ahead of us. He seems to be traveling at breakneck speeds. It seems we can never quite catch up to him. I look at uh, Menace and I, I uh, hold up the, the lantern. <laughs> Maybe? Uh, yeah. Probably using that. You see Reese looks at the fell Ogburn. Passage between the fell. That's a very interesting hypothesis. Well, I tell you, this news of a hammer is pretty wild as well. You see, we already found a golden hammer that we brought to Lord Baron. So the fact that there might be another one is wild to me. So he flips through his pages and he shows you a golden hammer from the descriptions he's been matching. And it's, it looks almost identical to the one that you delivered to Lord Baron. And matter of fact, the only difference, because there's some color, is that the socketed gems on this particular hammer are icy blue. While the ones you, while the hammer you delivered to Lord Baron was red. You know that as the Ignis hammer. And Reese goes, this is known as the Galadus hammer. It is part of a set. How do you spell that? <laughs> uh, G-A-L-E-D-U-S. Oh my goodness. Armos, look at this. And without even asking, I like tear the paper from him and show it to Armos. Armos, look at this. He's pulling leaves out of his hair. It's, it's blue. It's like the good shards. Oh yeah. His like fingers are in his mouth. He's like dragging his like lower jaw down. He's like ripping leaves out of his hair. G give me a second. And I stick it under a page of my own notebook and like trace really hard over it. <laughs> All right, here you go. You can have it back. <sighs> he takes the ripped paper. He goes, oh, my book, my journal. You don't want you, you're not supposed to rip pages out of a book because now it's gonna even, and now the, the spine is gonna, it's gonna, I need a whole new book. You see, almost look right here. He said, these are blue and I'm not even paying attention to Reese. And, and basically the other one we got was like a red shard, like monstrosity that they were trying to recreate. As Reese wipes up his comedic tears, as he's like trying to put it back where he found it, he goes, well, let's just say, that this is the exact hammer that was found on the Dwarven Child. Well, there are two of them. There is, and they're known as Rinth's Hammers. Rinth is a famous Dwarven blacksmith, uh, alive many, many years ago before all of our times here, and he created, well, weapons of legend. And there's the Galatus Hammer and the Ignis Hammer. And if you have both of these, legend says you can create very powerful weapons. Oh. So, if... You've recently found one, and now we're hearing rumors of a dwarven child having one. Maybe it's Rin's child or some family member. I mean, I don't even know how you would find that hammer. I don't even know how they would find that hammer. We we don't know that Rint had ever had any kids. Right. At least from, I mean, child stories, sure, but if Rint had children, I'm sure there would be stories of them. Whew. Well, this is big news to us. It's good to know this. Are there any other leads you have that might help us on our journey? Yeah, the, um, well, he has a name. Well, we have a first name. He's a younger, he's like a child. As far as dwarves go, he's probably mid-twenties, relatively young. His name's Dork. Dork. Dork? Dork. Doric. D-W-O-R-I-C. Yes, that's exactly who we're looking for. Dork the dwarf. Dork, yeah. Uh, oh. 
Wait, and he looks, he goes to his notes and he realizes like a dot, dot, dot as he wrote on the next page. He goes, oh, yes. Oh, uh, I mean, this can't be right. We got a Dwarak Burnsley. Burnsley? Yeah, um, apparently, um, child from a reputable farmstead back in South Trillis. Oh, we know the farmstead. Armos, ain't that the, uh, farmstead where Duncan went off to? I think so. Reese looks puzzled at the name Duncan. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. Yeah. Um, okay, take your word for it. Oh, wait a sec. I ripped that page out of his book and put it <laughs> next to mine. You <laughs> write down <laughs> Dork Burnsley, then I put it back. There you go. You rip an extra page and he goes, oh! Is gonna unfurl. We need a new book. I have like ten extra, and I pull one of mine out of my cart and I hand one to him. He takes it and he actually like bonks you on the head with it. Ah! But why? As a journal enthusiast, you should know to never rip out pages. That's how they ruin. The spine unfurls, the the edges flap, and it never stays aligned. It and is? pages slowly. Yes. Oh, interesting. I thought it was just like we all share notes, and that's how you do it. I never shared notes before, so that's new to me. Over pages out of a book. Don't rip out other journal enthusiasts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good news to me. I'm sorry, I don't get out much, so this is like my first time adventuring. Uh-huh. Learning all kinds of new things. Well, that's where we've been. Um cool, 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 cool. I plan to keep searching. Uh things are gonna be a little difficult without one of the guard troop. I'm gonna send Anma back home, back to the Sigi College. Perhaps Good. they can help her with her injuries. Um, yes. My magic can only take me so far um, from her trauma. Listen, uh, are there any other troops we should be aware of? Because she's the LGTB. The, LB, the LBGT, the Lord Baron LBGT. Guard Troop. Yeah, and you're the LBST, the Lord Baron Scout Troop. So we. God, how do you keep all those letters straight? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's Lord Baron. Warfare. <laughs> I got those two. There are no other ones. Oh, there's the army, but that's the LB. Oh, the LBAD. Yeah. Right. Lord Baron's army division. Of course. That's a uh, Lord. Oh, no, no. The LBGA, which is the Lord Baron guild army. And the LBIG, the Lord Baron intern group. I met some of them. <clears throat> all right. Good to know. I've written all 27 of these down. Nice. Can't wait to meet all these troops. Anyways, uh, it seems like you're going to be helping uh, Anma here get back, so it's up to you. If you'd like to join us at any time, you're more than welcome. We're going to head on towards San Lo and see if we can make anything of your leads. Okay. Uh, you see Reese takes out his journal and he's like gingerly turning the page trying to uh, not ruin his journal. Actually, he uses your new journal and he makes a new page. Um and he makes note of his conversation. You see he's taking like just as diligent of notes as you are, very detailed. And he makes note that you're going to San Lo. Oh my gosh, you use an asterisk too? Of course, how else would I keep everything organized? See, that's what I told Miranor, but he just he just made fun of me. <laughs> Miranor, and he takes out his older journal, goes, oh yes, I met Miranor quite a mo couple of months ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, we shared, uh, what did we see? What did we see? She flows through his page. Oh, yes, a wonderful uh, bowl of oatmeal. He showed me how to make a wonderful breakfast. And he shows you the recipe that you have <laughs> of the um, Miranor yep, oats. That's a uh, fun fact. That's my recipe. <laughs> yeah, he was wonderful. One, Some of them were yep. kind of jerks, though. But wait, what, what do you mean? He was wonderful and the others were jerks. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, he seemed very full of himself, don't get me wrong. You know, typical uh -huh. adventure type. Yeah, but yeah. it's, um, 
It was one of them that seemed, they weren't necessarily mean, but it made me feel very unwelcomed. It was one of the girls in the troop. What do you mean? She seemed very rushy, um, very eager to go. Oh, damn. Probably wasn't the flower looking one that does all the nature spells, right? Um, no, it was the one of druid nature. Yeah, Flora. Oh, fuck. I tackle Reese to the ground. Don't you badmouth Flora! Oh, wow. She's a wonderful oh, human being! <laughs> She's the light of the earth! I will not hear you talk to my friend like that! Animus <laughs> <laughs> clapping. <laughs> Russell! Uh, sorry, sorry. I, I, I should get my stuff ready, and I just get off of him and go start packing my things. Oh, what's his what's his deal? And he looks over to Anma, and Anma goes, You gotta use the move that I taught you. You gotta get on, you gotta scoop the legs. You gotta scoop the legs. Reese rubs his head and goes and feels like he's strung a cord. Looks over at Armos, and then Drell, who's like laying down next to Ruby, <laughs> the Emerald Dinosaur. So he dusts himself off, and he walks back over to Eumenes, and he goes, Well... Well, if you're heading to San Lo, he points off into a direction. He's like, you're going to want to head that way out of this valley. There is a spot where you can possibly rest. There is a friendly face just beyond the jungle thicket. Not too far away. About two miles you'll have to travel uh, once you uh, leave through this valley. Yeah, yeah, cool. We know we, we got a map already, so we got it covered. Yeah, well, this this gentleman is a bit off the... Um, He's off the grid, so to speak. You'll you'll cross his path if you head that way. Uh -huh. um, his name is uh, Hubert Hubble. He's a hermit. He has his own little farm that he keeps to himself. Very very friendly minotaur. Yeah yeah. Here, just write in my journal, and uh, that'll be cool. And I um, kind of walk farther away and keep packing my stuff behind a bush. He takes the hand and he writes down the information. He writes down the name Hubert Hubble. Uh, H U B B L E. And it's, uh, he writes down that it is a ranch-style farm. Looks like very self-sufficient type of place. And he writes, very friendly. And he hands you back the book. And he goes, well, I will be around uh, back to my search. Uh, I'm going to get Alma back home so she can get healed up, rest up, and hopefully join us back into the fight in the coming months. And hopefully, if you found any leads and we join paths again, then we can exchange information Seeing how we have a common goal. Yep, uh, uh, journalist for life. And I give him a really lazy J. <laughs> okay. What? What is a lazy J? Uh, if you don't know, you can't afford it. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Anyways, it was a pleasure to meet you, uh, Menace. Um, I hope to see you soon. Hey, thanks for that. Hands you uh, that information. Waves at Armos and looks over to Drell and he goes, well, I don't want to disturb you. Although we did have a very, uh, seems like intimate moment inside the dinosaur. It was a good plan. And luckily we didn't get hurt too hurt. Um, but we'll be on our way, but I'm sure our paths will cross again. Yeah. Thanks for all the music, Reese. I really appreciate it. It was a good time. And you see that he pulls out another loot as he hops onto Anma's shoulder. And Anma seems happily to carry him off as he plays a tune. And you see... Um, Anma began to sing and sing very well for a giant and it's like as the loot notes trail off to the beat. Hold on guys, uh, you get the stuff ready. I'm gonna be right back and I run along into the woods following them for a second. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anma, hey Anma. Hmm? Hey, could you could you pick me up for a second? 
Hmm. Uh, sure. And she picks you up and puts you on her other shoulder. Uh, uh, sorry, next next to Reese. Oh, I don't want to talk through your ear. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it puts it right next to you and pats the two of you on the head. <laughs> oh, uh, hey, 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 Minus. Oh, uh, stop walking for a second. I'm not staying long. Uh, stop short. Hey, sorry, sorry for I don't know. I, I didn't mean to react like that. That was that was rude. Uh. Trying times, traveling. I, I understand. I'm sorry if I said anything bad about your friend. Uh, no, it's it's okay. I you never know how people react during certain times, like you said. So maybe she's having a bad day, or who knows what was going on. Like uh, I, I just um, she seemed very rushed, kind of like trying to move everybody no, no, along. No, it's fine. And... It's fine. Listen, I got I got another question though. Um, oh yeah, of course. Why, why'd you, why'd you say you like Miranor? Oh, I mean, he seemed very full of himself, but he just seemed like, um, I don't know, kind of kind towards me. Um, uh-huh. I it, it didn't, it didn't really think twice of it. The others kind of kept to themselves. Like I said, Flora was, uh, seemed, uh, impatient in some regard. And he was like bragging. He seemed a little. Yeah. Like I, I know Rudra, Rudra can be pretty intense. Yeah. Miranor's friend. So I, I get that. But you, you liked um, what, would, what was your favorite thing about Miranor? Um, I didn't like how Hubrix he was. He was like bragging a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he seemed like he wanted to help with us, but you know, he wasn't in the know like you are from Lord Baron. Uh, it seemed like he just wanted to, he knew we were searching for somebody and he tried to take advantage of that and try to join us. Um, maybe he thought he'd fight another monster, but, um, mm. you know, uh, yeah, so Flora didn't mention your name. Oh. And he seemed confused at first when your name was mentioned. And it took her some doing to, like, remind him of you. And then he was like, oh, Minus. And then, like, a flip of a switch, he became a jerk a little bit. He's like, oh, that guy. Like, he was talking about, um, like, a rival. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, but it's like, Ooh. it was weird. It kind of like he forgot about you. Nah, no, nah, it's fine. I don't, I don't really care about that. He, <laughs> I could care less if he forgets me. No, hey, sorry. Um, Listen, I just, I just, uh, let me, I'm just going to be candid. I, I don't like the guy and he's never been fond of me and frankly nice to me in any way. So I just want to know why someone might have a good opinion of him. That's all. Childhood rival. Uh. That's an interesting word, but to me, he's just a bully. I don't, huh? Hey, I gotta, I gotta get going, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna bounce. So I'm gonna let you off, and then he turns around, he calls out to you as like you're walking away, and he goes, "Sometimes common passions can lead to hatred, and sometimes those react out of jealousy, and some would take actions too far. But if you have the same goal, then maybe it's not all bad as it may seem, and maybe a conversation." could fix it rather than a fight. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Reese. Uh, bye, Anma. I hope you find your mind. It's right here. And she points to her head. <laughs> and she points to, like, a really bad, like, like wound, it looks like. Oh, I can see it. Yeah, it's right here. <laughs> yep. All right. Best of luck, Reese. Until we meet again. Reese waves you off. She, he gives you, like, a two-finger salute, and he takes out his loot, and he sings along with Ama. And uh, you see he sings a tune almost related to the conversation you just had. It goes, friends of bounty, rivals galore, 
fighting to the edge for until tomorrow's no more, and then sings off into the distance. And you feel like you have some bardic inspiration for a little while. Hmm. Lovely. And I give him a nice firm J <laughs> before I leave. <clears throat> I drop my hand and I <laughs> walk back to Drell and Armos. Uh, Armos and Drell and Reginald are like sitting near each other near the dead body. You see a lot of happy emerald velociraptors and they're all minding their own business, laying down. It looks like they're setting up their own version of a camp for the night while Drell is like sitting on the floor, kind of laying on top of Ruby and they're just like buddy, buddy, pal. Drell, are you are you okay? You Is that, why are your eyes watering? Oh, I'm sorry. Are you just the only one that's allowed to have a friend? <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm very happy for you, but you seem, uh, are you, are you hurt? You you seem like you got a little, little teary eyed over there. Oh no, I'm fine. Oh yeah. We're okay. just hanging, me and Ruby are hanging out. Mm, okay. I think you got a very special friend. I mean, you all got special friends, almost. Yeah, he just looks like he maybe has a, a few tears of joy over there. Yeah, I mean, we have each other. We're special friends. Minus just made a special friend. He's over there throwing out J's to other journalists. You know, now Drell's got a, a special friend. You know, we all need somebody. Mm-hmm. Can I inspect the dinosaur now that yeah, I've come back? Yeah, can we loot the, loot the thing? Yeah, go ahead and roll me a investigation check. All of us, right? If you are touching it, sure. I got a five. Mm, I got a ten. Well. All right, smart guy. How much do we get? You got? I got a one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> with Even with your combined rolls, this body looks mutilated at this point as the pack of emerald raptors have completely devoured this thing. Mm. You think that if maybe if this thing accidentally swallowed something of value, it might be in the bellies of one of the other emerald raptors nearby. Well, Ruby, it's been a good, been a good run. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> What'd you just say? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> uh, put your finger gun down. <laughs> and he looks at, looks at uh, Drell, and looks back at you. Let him have his moment. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't want to keep it, but okay. So there's nothing. All right, Armos, let's try and get these uh, shards off this dino over here, huh? All right. I feel like Drell should help us, but I don't. No, it's not interrupting. Here, and yeah. I, I whip out my uh, my my finger, and it's like a welding tool uh, with my <laughs> firebolt cantrip, and I'm just gonna start trying to. Give me a sleight of hand as you start <laughs> to mine away. Uh, fourteen. Okay. I got a fifteen. You managed to each get ten pounds of sapphire. Jeez. Raw sapphire. All right, I'm gonna put twenty pounds of this in my cart. <laughs> yeah, you you hold that. Boom, and you see that the cart wobbles. So it's starting to get dark out, and you're in the middle of an open valley next to some water. And it seems like the other emerald raptors that are not privy to Drell are like kind of like going back and forth eating it, and like gonna hang out there until like it seems like the food goes away, until there's not any more food there. What are the three of you doing? It's a great question. Well, do we know what like? What direction we need to go? You do. And Reese also pointed to you in a direction of a possible uh, resting place, uh, a friendly face. So I guess you guys want to go take a rest real quick and then tomorrow we can just get back on the road or what do you guys want to do? What time of day is it, I guess? It's turning to night. It's evening. By the time you talked with Reese, 
chipped away at the T-Rex, you playing with the Emerald Raptor and kind of catching your breath, it's uh, starting to become nighttime because you were also traveling for a better part of the day before getting into this fight. All right, Drell, time to say goodbye to your buddy. We got to get on the road. Oh, what do you mean, say goodbye? Yeah. Oh, uh, so you wait, so you guys are just the only ones to get to actually bring people along with us. All right, man, it's time to say goodbye to Sid. No, I, I mean, Sid, calm down. I mean, Reginald's bonded to Armos, you know, we... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of mm-hmm. own this guy. We are bonded, Sid and I, magically. Yeah, and Ruby's and bonded it, to me. I don't see the problem. And uh, that is a vicious, wild animal. How dare you say that about her? Whoa, whoa. Uh, he's right. I just don't like how he said it. <laughs> Reginald literally eats arms. Okay, so what is the difference? Uh, They're already dead critical when I eat them. thinking... That, uh... uh Oh, okay. Well, you take Ruby, this. I gotta get, I'm gonna no, go no, back. No, I'm sorry because Ruby's <laughs> not gonna make me sacrifice my soul into a book. So if anything, I feel like Ruby is better than Reginald. Oh, oh! After everything we've been through, Drell, and everything we've been through—the path we shared, the foes we've slain, the times we ragged on minutes together—what? What? what? <laughs> oh, that is true. That was a good time. Yeah. The calisthenics we do when almost doesn't want to wake up and we're both in the morning. You help me lose the bunny fat. Remember? You guys said I was getting too fat. You help me work out. Mm. You guys, you could do me like I this? I remember saying that. I don't, I forget. You call I'm, me fat, Menace. I did not. <gasps> Thousand yards there. When we sat down in Nova's cart, Drell just said you could lay off the hay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether I agreed is here nor there. All right. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Drell, uh, do you want to maybe switch out Wolfie here with your raptor? Oh, that's... No. <sighs> as much as I would like to bring Ruby... Okay, yeah, and you can call her by her name, Menace. It's pretty disrespectful. Oh, sorry, we just kept yes. calling you Horseman. <laughs> pretty sure you sorry, don't like ha- that. Ha- nice to meet you, Ruby, and I try to pet Ruby. <laughs> Give me an animal handling check. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want Ruby to just be an asshole to us. <laughs> Um, so I got a 19. With Can a I luck point other people's roll? No, <laughs> but it, it rolled advantage on him, and it got a 22, and it snaps at you, and then looks smugly oh. up. Like, it it snuffs its nose at you, and then cuddles with Drell. Yep, happy to have you, too. Uh, cool. Cool, 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 cool. But I think Drell realizes that he doesn't want to take Ruby away from, you know, her home. So he cuts off another piece of meat and he talks to Ruby and he goes, all right, Ruby. Mm-hmm. Now, look, mm-hmm. all these other raptors, you know, they can't think for themselves. So you have to lead them. Huh. And you can't do that if you come along with us. OK, so I have to leave you here to protect them. She's giving you big doe eyes. <laughs> It's just don't make this harder than it needs to be. She takes a single step forward. <laughs> Ruby, please no. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be okay. Bro, we said you could keep her. No, but you're right. It's oh now oh, I'm where right. Where am I supposed to put a raptor? Where am I supposed to put a raptor, Miss? I can't just bring her along and then next thing you know, you know, she's gonna we have go somewhere. 
she can't come and then she's gonna have a weird hankering for hands it's uh it's just gonna be a whole thing um so i spend the next hour i guess as long as it needs to be explaining to ruby why she needs to stay and she, she can't come along with us after a long heartbreaking conversation you see a single tear drops from her eye and as it touches the floor it turns to emerald and she turns away and goes back to her pack. I'll never forget you, Ruby. She gives you one solemn look back as the sun begins to set over the lake. I pat Dr- the back of Drell's calf. I'm like, Drell, you gave Ruby some great words. She's going to lead that pack to victory, I can tell. I take the uh, emerald that she cried out and I fasten it to a string and give it to Drell <laughs> as a oh! memory. <laughs> An emerald necklace from Ruby. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> All right. How about we uh, go find this Hubert Hubble guy? Um, how about we find a nice place to like sit, have a campfire? That's what this place is, though. Heal. I don't know if you saw yeah, that. Yeah, they're, they're on a farm. Oh, you, how far away is it? I, I point on the map. It's it's like here. It doesn't seem too far away, almost. He said it was nearby. Oh, God. All right. Gotta warn you. If anything goes down. I'm running. I look around at the dead dinosaurs. I look back at Armos. Armos, if anything goes worse than this, I will be shocked. <laughs> I start walking. <laughs> <laughs> so the three of you begin to walk north uh, northwestward out of the large valley, and you find yourself on a loose dearth pass through some slightly loose trees as you seem to make your way following the map, and then you follow Reese's added instructions on the map. You traverse through the woods for some time, and then finally, a clearing. You stop to look ahead of you as you clear through the jungle brush to see a house with a small farm in the middle of a thick jungle. The house looks to be a well-maintained ranch-style home with a modest patch of land surrounding it. The home has a large wraparound porch Behind the home is a familiar gourd towering over the home. A large green pumpkin. Out on the veranda, you notice a large bovine sitting on a heavy-duty rocking chair wearing a straw hat. A minotaur wearing leather overalls rocking back and forth, holding a large crossbow on its lap with a large piece of hay sticking out of its mouth. The minotaur closely resembles a highland cow. And that is where we're going to end this week's session. Oh, it's a Scottish Minotaur. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to keep your hose. It's definitely not Scottish because I can never do that accent in a million years. Damn it. Uh, (laughs) You got to, dude. You got to change his name to Hamish Hubble. (laughs) If you know, you know. You know what? I'll tell you what. I'll give you all his voice lines and then you can voice it. (laughs) 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 I do have a voice for this guy. I kind of came up with him. I, I... I can't wait for you guys to meet Hubert. I'm like looking forward to this uh, encounter for a while, but we'll talk about it more. Oh, encounter? Oh, we're going to fight him? Everything's an encounter, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to fight him, he's got a big old crossbow Ish. sitting on a nice porch. Freudian slip right there. <laughs> we just took down a 300-foot dragon or dinosaur. It may or may not be a giant jug next to him with three Ys written on it. Three Ys? Little, yeah, three Ys. Hmm. What else would it be? X's? That's porn, Minus. No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Well, 
of this episode. <laughs> that, dude, this episode is not safe for work. <laughs> it's going to be questionable. Let's oh, <laughs> the title of this one. Be a nice big old spit pan, a little you know? Cock its uh, crossbow. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till you guys talk about it. I can't wait till you guys talk to him. It's great. And everything's an encounter, whether it be a conversation, like talking to Reese was an encounter. So we got a lot to talk about on the after show. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. This episode was a lot of fun. Questionable dialogue. From you, my dialogue was very clear. Whoa. I, I don't know how to say long neck sticking up into the sky without saying a right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, if you take it the wrong way, I don't know. I keep it PG-13. Y'all making it weird with the firm J's, okay? So I don't want to hear it. J out. Yeah. Does anybody <laughs> have a recommendation before we close out this week's session? Yeah. Go play Mist if you've never played Mist. Last year, they came out with an HD version where you can actually walk around and it's not point and click. Mm. If you haven't played Mist, it's one of the best puzzle games ever created, uh, especially story-wise. Mm. So I, I revisited that and uh, rekindled my love for that series. I, I finished Mist and Riven in the past week already. So I'm moving on wow. to Mist 3, Exile. Oh. Did you do the Did you do the green book? Oh. The secret ending? I... I know the endings already, but yeah, I did the green book. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's a good ending. That's the proper ending, the green mm-hmm. book. But there's a bad green book ending as well. <gasps> yep. Mm-hmm. The, the mm-hmm. darker tinted green book. <laughs> I never played the game. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there's missed. I don't know. There's a Y in there somewhere. Missed, it's missed with a Y, right? M-Y-S-T. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 come around full circle. With the wise. Okay. All right. That's where we're going to end this week's <laughs> session. We're going to move on to our Patreon supporters. Thank you for all the support and everything in between. And we'll catch you next week. Say goodbye, everybody. See you later. Bye. Bye. And now it's time to shout out the Patreon supporters. Starting with the Blood Shard Bandits. First up is Amanda, a.k.a. Morgan Ulthil. Morgan pursues her quest within the Underdark. After finding a gold amulet floating in the water, she soon realizes her search may reach its end. Jumping over pits and large cracks in the dark caverns, she's not avoiding any danger. She's following large imprints, footsteps of a giant. But what giant in the Underdark leaves crater-sized footprints? Morgan's fox companion is hot on its scent. Next up, we have Artemis, and Artemis finds himself in the center of a busy city, the city of Aramor. Artemis has visited every alchemist shop and magic bookstore in town with no luck of finding Cammy Joe. Deciding to take a break, Artemis stops at a nearby tavern for some lunch, a local spot named the Wild Side Tavern. To his surprise, Cammy Joe is in that very tavern, and he seems to be the popular one, smitten by two barmaids. Hmm, very suspicious. And just outside Aramore City is our next Bloodshard Bandit member, Ash, aka Rocco the Croco. It's been one week since Rocco has left his tribe. As he travels through the swampy lands of the Riverwood Forest, he finally makes his way to Capitol Road, a major road that connects the town of Gilo, Dilmore, and Aramore City. Unknown to him which way is west, he heads east. As he travels this lonely path, he can't help to think about the last conversation he had with his brother, and the last words he said, and those were, see you later, alligator, to his brother's reply, not in a while, Krako. Dial. Next up is Benjamin the Dread Haze, or should I say, Baby Dread. 
This fellow mentals now dreaming of his former younger self. The drow boy walking hand in hand with his mother, reliving a fond memory, a fun day in the underdark by the crystal shores in the luminescent bellow. Upon returning home, a savage green flame can be seen. His home in turmoil. And high above the Underdark is our next Bloodshot Bandit member, Dana, aka Alara Dawnstar. Face to face with the Gem Thief, running and sprinting, Alara dashes through a set of fast closing doors, delivering a high kick to the Thief, holding the sacred purified gem. A face is revealed from the devastating blow. Who could it be? A familiar face? Not to Alara, but to us, it's Julius Kendrick! And speaking of, he is our next Bloodshard supporter, Julius Kendrick, a tatted up wizard, his skin a tapestry of ancient words and phrases, a flesh shrine to his powers and beliefs as he stares down a large Dawnstar. With red in his eyes, firmly grasping the purified gem, he hopes to redeem himself within the Red Dawn with this legendary relic. Our next Bloodshot Bandit member is Dylan Snyder, aka Reese. After a close call at a local Kambuki tavern and dodging some cultists, who knew he could fail successfully? Flirting with the wrong woman did lead to a cultist lead. But now that he is safe, he continues his search for his friend. He is truly worried about her. She could be a giant klutz sometimes. And speaking of klutzes, we move on to Reigns, our next Bloodshot Bandit member. At the demise of a death slot, splash, his body falls into a puddle of sewage water. A scared Reigns looks up at this horrifying frog-like beast. The last thing Reigns remembers seeing is the frog transforming into something scarier than he could ever imagine. The slot turned into him. The slot quickly rummages through the former Reigns' pockets to learn about his identity and steals it. And lastly, we have Ryan Green, aka Rommel, and Rommel has been busy on the Kambuki Isles. This wooden woad is dedicated to the truth from long ago. You see, Rommel noticed something very strange the moment he arrived on the Kambuki Isles, specifically with its soil. He notices the stone on the island mimics the trees in terms of life here. Only if you could communicate with the rocks. Now we move on to the Sigic College alumni. And first up is Andrew Hall, our first Sigic College alumni member. And he is deep into his wizardly summer school courses. And boy, is it brutal. Mostly because the classrooms are hot and the ray of frost conditioner is broken. Determined to pass, he can't possibly spare a spell slot to fix it. Our next member is Sakajewa, and there's a quote that's truer to him than ever before. If you build it, they will come. And Sakajewa has finished his Rocket Boot League arena, and the fans are pouring in. He has already sold out tickets for his first game at the end of the month. Our next alumni is Patrick Wennerstrom, and this punk just played his first show in the town of Gilo, and it was a hit! However, the local town Red Guard did not find it amusing. After starting a riot and destroying Gilo property, they attempted to arrest Patrick, but Patrick was all like, yeah, whatever. Robert Crisp is next, and he is feeling down as the Sigic College did not grant additional funding to his Baguette Colony project. Desperate for some cash, he picked up a side job at a local bakery to earn some extra bread. 
And speaking of extra bread, our next member is Saint Chaos, a former City College student turned rich prisoner entrepreneur as his toilet wine industry has seen a large boom in business. So much business that he's begun outsourcing to local nearby towns. His courier rats sure are speedy after some toilet wine. And scooting in next is our next Sigic College alumni member, Scoot Dude. Scoot seems to be surprising everyone with his dudes, but not all dudes appreciate scoots. You see, Lelouch's farmstead, there's a firm policy about duding when you should scoot and scoot when you should dude. Please message us with some character information. We can't keep this up forever. Next up is Sly, a were-raccoon. Sly is currently hiding in a local bar and seems to have live music, jazz music specifically. Something doesn't seem right. He has never heard of the Wild Side Tavern before. And now we move on to whom Brian's heroes. Abdul Rahman had just finished brewing another anti-theft potion, but alas, when he went to go retrieve it, it was stolen. Oh, what bad luck. But what luck indeed, as Alex Dredd returns into the store. Shocked and angered by the recent stolen anti-theft potion, he sets out to find a lead to whom the culprit may be. The first suspect on his list is Caleb Schneider, who is currently dueling Johnny Tarr. A neck-to-neck -neck fight, a swords clash between the two heroes, another onlooker seems to take interest in the duel. Nufarius Ducarius, who smells suspiciously like rare potions. However, it seems impossible to steal from him. And then we move on over to the town of Dilmore, to a little glass shop. Shattered and broken, it seems that someone had trashed Man with Glasses' new store. A bell jingles as Captain Dandelion enters the recently robbed store. As he takes a report of the broken and stolen goods, he informs Man with Glass of a new anti-theft potion that is being sold in a nearby town. But fear not, as business should boom again as a new Rocket Boot League arena has been built. Buying the last two tickets to its sold-out matches are Odimel and Nubs, two longtime members of the Rocket Boot League. Nubs aspires to play in the Pro League one day. Odimel encourages Nubs to never give up. That's all for this week's Patreon supporters. If you would like to join this amazing cast of heroes and be shouted out yourself, go over and click that Patreon link down below and subscribe to one of our amazing, fruitful, and rewardful tiers. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.